Hello, and welcome to Season 3 of the Pivoting Out of EDU podcast. This is a podcast designed to provide you with the inspiration, confidence, and strategies for transitioning out of campus-based positions in education toward other opportunities. Hosts Drs. Jamie Hoffman and Tom Studdard pivoted out of campus-based positions and have experienced success by translating our education skills into a new career path. With almost 16,000 downloads across our 35 episodes in our previous seasons, the need is clear and we're back for Season 3. For show notes and information about the podcast, visit pivotingoutofedu.com. Our inboxes are clear that you all need support with your pivot. Therefore, if you're thinking about pursuing an opportunity outside of your campus-based position or know someone who is, check out our website for pivoting resources and our consultation services. If you think this podcast was awesome, please consider giving us a five-star rating. Now, sit back and get ready to be inspired. Hello, and welcome to Pivoting Out of EDU. I'm Jamie Hoffman. And I'm Tom Studdard. And we are here today with Bradley Kuo, and I am really excited to, did I say your name right? (laughs) We were literally just covering this, but I admittedly thought Tom was going to introduce you, so I let him be responsible, but I did say it right. Yep, totally. Okay, okay, cool. And we are really excited because we like to highlight traditional paths that our folks from higher ed might have pivoted to, like uh, customer success and learning and development, but also maybe not as traditional. And, and I've seen in the expatriates of student affairs group, sometimes people are like, has anybody gone into real estate, um, you know, counseling? And then I have seen healthcare as a question. So there are people that want to know they want to hear you. So we're excited to hear your story. If you could uh, maybe just get started by telling us a little bit about yourself with regard to what was your background when you were in a campus-based position, and then what sort of led to your pivot, and what was your first position after you pivoted? Yeah, absolutely. You know, as many of uh, student affairs professionals are are prepared and and uh, educated, I, I completed my master's of education and counseling, uh, with an emphasis in student affairs from Northern Arizona University. And upon completion of that, I held a couple professional roles uh, at Cal Poly Pomona, UC Berkeley, and then my last one was at University of Hawaii at Manoa. And so, in those roles, uh, I primarily worked in residence life. And I mean, such is the uh, transition of residence life. You work up for a couple of years and you move on to the next school, right? And so in my role, uh, my last role at University of Hawaii at Manoa, I had the opportunity to grow the position, uh, work with professional staff and uh, work with our student staff there. Uh, and it was just such a, such a wonderful experience, specifically moved uh, uh, to Hawaii for the position. And I would say that the pieces that led to me transitioning uh, were more around, I, I guess one would say that I was, I was counseled to move on to something else. I, uh, I think that there was some interesting politics at play, and I don't really enjoy those kinds of politics. So what I did was I quietly worked on my prerequisites for going on to get uh, my degree in nursing. 
So I went to the community college and got those courses paid for because I was still working at the university uh, within the uh, University of Hawaii system. Uh, And so I I, uh, completed uh, my prerequisites uh, and I was looking for a program for being able to get my nursing degree as quickly as I could. Uh, And so uh, the University of Hawaii at Manoa had something at the time called the Master's Entry Program in Nursing. Now they call it the Graduate Entry Program in Nursing. But basically uh, what that would lead to is me becoming a family nurse practitioner. And so the requirement is that I at least have a bachelor's in uh, not in nursing, something different. So I have a bachelor. I had a bachelor's of arts in music, uh, and for this program, I was their first uh, music major that ever uh, came into the program. And so I joined uh, the University of Hawaii at Manoa uh, in their uh, MEPIN program, and uh, I completed that first year of school to get my nursing credential. Now, keep in mind, typical undergraduate nurses or nursing students take three years. So we had to condense it into one. Um, It was probably the worst, second worst year of my life. First uh, worst year was uh, me finishing my doctorate. Um, So that was intense. Uh, But uh, I I did it. And I had the support of my now husband and our son was super, super small at the time. So he doesn't remember anything. Uh, But uh, as I finished the that first year, uh, my first role was in um, uh, uh, long term care in a nursing home. And then I went into hospice care while I was completing my graduate work for the family nurse practitioner role. And uh, I held a couple other positions in pediatrics, in uh, forensics. So I was working with the Honolulu Police Department. Uh, And then I started working at the Queens Medical Center, which is uh, uh, Hawaii's uh, only level one trauma center. Um, And during that first year, I went to Johns Hopkins to get my postgraduate certificate for psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. Um, so I'm a family nurse practitioner. I'm a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. And that's kind of a little bit of the journey from pre-switch to after switch. Wow. I'm wowing because that is, that's a lot of education you've done. And I can't help but wonder, so this is my follow-up. I feel like we skipped over what why nursing? Like, did you, did you sort of always have a passion toward healthcare? I mean, res life to nursing is, uh, is an interesting one. So did you do some like self-assessment reflection? How did you land in, in that space? Um, before you, before you answer, I have to say res life to nursing doesn't feel that too far off. <laughs> I mean, there's been, there were definitely moments where I cleaned up vomit and <laughs> yes. all the other well, things. So well, yes. mental health care. Mental yes. health for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do a lot of that right now. So I, I definitely want to share that. But how I made that transition um, while I was completing my first master's degree at Northern Arizona University, um, I also was enrolled in community college in Arizona at the same time. Uh, and I completed my uh, EMT certification. So I became an, uh, an EMT. And one of the requirements to complete that program was I needed to spend 12 hours in an emergency department. And apparently I was a black cloud that day because everything came in um, and we had all kinds of problems that day. And I was just running around helping, not knowing what I was doing, but I was trying to help. At the end of the day though, 
there was a, a, a gentleman that came in and his stomach was distended, extremely distended. And the physician in the emergency department asked me to assist. Um, and we pulled out six liters of fluid uh, from his abdomen. Um, and at the end of, after we were done, I asked the uh, physician, I said, how long does he have to live? And she said, uh, he probably has less than a week. Um, and so for me, that was highly, highly impactful. And I got to tell you, even though I went from my experience at Northern Arizona, Arizona University to Cal Poly Pomona, Berkeley, UH Manoa, that experience stuck with me that entire time. You know, I, I quickly realized uh, while I was kind of uh, uh, finishing my work at UH Manoa that uh, in order to survive in Hawaii, I would not be able to stay uh, connected to the university uh, in a staff position because the pay was so so little compared to the cost of living. Um, so I kept on getting getting drawn back to that memory of of that experience in the emergency department in Arizona that it really was important for me to pursue what would it take for me to be able to become a nurse and help people in, in that way. And, and I apologize for the tangent, but uh, that experience also led me to uh, move towards working in hospice. So I worked in, uh, I worked as a hospice nurse and a nurse practitioner uh, for about two to three years. Um, and uh, I'll tell you, that experience at the beginning of my career in nursing has truly helped me form the conversations I have with my patients about what does your quality of life look like? And even if they're doing super well and healthy, what are your goals? What's going to make you happy with what you've done with your life, right? Um, and so I have those conversations on a regular basis with the folks that I work with. Wow. So Bradley, there's just so much to unpack there. Um, so I really appreciate sort of all, first of all, let me say, you know, from a personal experience, um, I've had a couple surgeries and I always say like the only reason I got through those surgeries was the nurse. It was certainly not the doctor. <laughs> the doctor may have done the surgery, but the nurse is the one who got me through it. One of my closest friends is the director of admissions for a nursing program at UC Boulder. And so, uh, you know, feel like I have this little like peripheral attachment to nursing. And so, you know, first of all, thank you for all that you do for, for, for your patients. Like it just, it sounds, it sounds very fulfilling and very rewarding. And, and what's, what I'm most excited to hear about is, is, is that right. That, that, you know, so many of us in higher ed, we, we, we are nervous to leave our campus-based position because we feel, we feel fulfilled um, because of our contact with students, our connection to their mentoring, to their advisement, to their teaching, to sort of being their, their shoulder. Um, and so the, the, what I'm hearing from you is that can be achieved in other types of roles. It doesn't just have to be achieved at, at a university or a campus-based position. And so that's what I, that was my takeaway and, and what I'm really excited and so, or excited to hear about. And what I'd like to do is sort of explore, based on your LinkedIn, it sounds like you've got a bunch of things sort of going on, uh, both from a nursing and also uh, an independent business owner. And so I'm hoping that maybe you can just dive in a little bit to what you do now and, 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 how, I mean, you sort of figured out how you discovered it, but you know, what does your day-to-day -day look like if there is such a thing? Um, and then sort of if somebody's interested in going into healthcare or wellness, you know, what, what would make them successful in this type of a role 
you know, obviously there's, there's a, there's educational pieces to it, but, but what would make them successful if, if they wanted to pivot into, into nursing or healthcare or wellness? Yeah. Uh, well, I, if I may, I just want to uh, say one thing real quick before I, I uh, kind of dive into that. When I was working in higher education, I realized that the higher up that you got, the less touch, the less connection with students occurred. Yes. And so my thought was, what career can I do that I am able to maintain the connection with the reason why I got into the profession in the first place? I work with patients every single day. So let me tell you a little bit about my crazy life. It is intense. I am overextended, but that is uh, what happens when you are a leader in the nursing profession here in the state of Hawaii. Um, there's not enough uh, APRNs to provide need uh, to our, our, uh, our residents. So I currently am the owner and provider for Wellness Partners Hawaii. Uh, we are the first nurse practitioner, me, nurse practitioner-led tele-mental health clinic in the state. We were telehealth before the pandemic. Uh, we started our company in 2017 under a different name and changed the name in 2018, and here we are today. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, we had maybe mm, four, four employees, uh, and now uh, I would say by, uh, by April 1st, we will have about 25 employees. And this is a mixture of uh, uh, therapists um, and other uh, psychiatric mental health nurse practitioners. And we're uh, uh, truly working to meet the mental health needs here in the state. Owning a business is a 24-7 job, um, but I do uh, patient care for roughly somewhere between 15 to 20 hours a week. I also hold a full-time job at the Queens Medical Center here in Honolulu, Hawaii. I've been here for six and a half years, uh, and at this time, I hold several uh, responsibilities at the hospital. Uh, I am the Senior Behavioral Health APRN. I'm the chair of the APRN committee, which means that I represent the 150 APRNs here at the hospital. I'm also the coordinator for the Psychiatric Mental Health Nurse Practitioner Fellowship Program. So that's Queens. I also teach at the University, at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Um, this, uh, this term. So that's kept me busy. I also uh, worked with three uh, emergency room nurses, and we opened up our own medical aesthetics clinic um, called Artistry Wellness Hawaii. So we do Botox, fillers, threads, all kinds of stuff. Um, I'd like you to remember us um, in a, when we come back to visit you, um, that we hosted you on this podcast. And if you need your assistance, we might be coming at your door. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I for sure need a refill on my <laughs> I'm not even kidding you right now. <laughs> so, so these are all the things that, that I've gotten involved in and, and, and that I've, I've put on my plate. I'm also the past president of the Hawaii Association of Professional Nurses, but I'm also the current legislative chair for that organization. So I am, in the last two weeks, I have submitted so many bits of testimony for the state legislature to advocate for patient access to care and to advocate for nursing and APR policy. Wow, that that is a healthy plate of activities and responsibilities. Um, I just listening to it made me feel like tired, um, and I, I I I sort of am tired as it is. So, it's sort of amazing breadth of work that 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 you have. I'm curious. I want to dig in a little bit to the fact that you own your own business and that you started it with a employee and are now at 25 
you know, what, what made you sort of think that you wanted to do that? What sort of got you into starting your own business? Because that's another thing, right? Like a lot of our, a lot of our listeners are interested in a, in a career field in a specific job or a specific um, sort of office setting or employment setting, but some are actually interested in sort of breaking out and being entrepreneurs and doing stuff on their own. So how, what was that like? And, and, and how did you go about doing that? What made you sort of say, yeah, I'm going to try this venture out. Yeah. So I was working at the hospital and uh, I uh, realized uh, that there are very little mental health services on the outer islands. So here in Hawaii, we consider Oahu to be the main island. Uh, the outer islands consist of Kauai, Maui County, and, and uh, the uh, island of Hawaii. Um, and uh, I said to my husband, I said, what if we just started working on getting me credentialed with different insurance companies and starting a telehealth practice, just, you know, small and see what the need is out there. And uh, over time, I kept on asking for more favors and more favors from my husband uh, until eventually he turned into our office manager and now practice manager. The need here in Hawaii is, has been great. Um, and great, I mean, not a, not, a, not a good great. It's been a lot. Currently, we average between 300 and 350 uh, patient appointments a week uh, with our clinic. So uh, it's been it's been very busy. I don't think that I ever thought that I would be a business owner like this. That was not in my that was not in my cards. That was not in that was not in my plan. But I realized that if I don't do it, who the hell's going to? We have a severe severe physician shortage in Hawaii. It's severe. Now, as an APR, and it is not my job uh, to fill that gap. Okay, that is not my role. However, my role as an APRN here in the state of Hawaii is to meet the needs of our communities. And so uh, I felt like doing or creating a telehealth uh, business uh, would hopefully make a dent uh, in the need uh, that was uh, present here in the state, or that is present here in the state. And I will tell you, while COVID-19, it was the primary pandemic, I am confident that I could say that mental health was the secondary pandemic uh, throughout the entire country. And uh, we have worked with so many folks who've lost their jobs, who've, uh, Hawaii is very tourism-based, um, and so many folks who've had to make major shifts in their, in their lives here uh, on the islands. Um, and so we've worked to really try to combat that, those issues. And I will say, you know, uh, uh, working with the state legislature the way that I have been in the last several years uh, has truly been focused on trying to increase patient access to care um, and increase uh, the ability to do things like telehealth. Um, so my husband, he has a doctorate in architecture. He doesn't have an MBA. I don't have an MBA, um, but we just kind of piecemealed things together as we went along. Uh, I, I think that that's like the true sort of definition of somebody who's an entrepreneur, right? Is like, you know, finding those, those things. And, and what's really cool for me is that the entrepreneurship that you've delved into, um, I wouldn't say it's like non-standard, but it sort of is, right? Like when most people think of, of entrepreneurship, they're thinking of selling a product, right? Um, and and you've sort of taken that in a different different way, but it's still entrepreneurship and it's still sort of, 
you know, not sort of, it still is opening up your own business and putting yourself out there. And, and I think that what I hope our listeners take away from this is that that's, that is also very possible. Like don't, don't feel like you have to be confined to finding the job on LinkedIn or finding the job on indeed.com. If you have a passion for something, there's maybe an opportunity for you to start something, start something new. But at the, on the same side, you also are, you know, have a, have, sort of quote unquote brick and mortar employment over here, um, which which is also you know sort of sort of nice as well. So I, I appreciate you you diving in on that one. I want to ask a little bit of a follow-up as well on, you know, I, I do think that there's folks that that have like business ideas that they're interested in kicking off. And so you you actually started to touch on what I wanted to ask about because you mentioned that you piecemealed things together. Cause I, I know that if I was to start a business, I mean, I am like really good at crafting, not to toot my own horn, but I would feel nervous about the finances mostly. Like how, how would I get that started? I would, I just really wouldn't know where to start. So I'm curious if you have any advice to folks, if this is the path, cause I, I think when it comes to your pivot, it sounds like you know, initially it was like you were, you know, doing the education concurrent to your your job. And I think that is a t- is definitely a good nugget for people. But what about the, the business part? Did you kind of just learn on the job? Were there any like courses you took? Um, you know, with, with many uh, uh, interesting businesses, they start from the home, right? They start in the garage. My business literally started in my walk-in closet. We cleared out a whole bunch of stuff so that I had a clear uh, a, a picture wall behind me as I did my video uh, visits with my patients. So we definitely worked to keep our overhead low. I partnered with a with another uh, colleague of mine who already owned an office and subleased her space. So you know we worked really hard to try and figure everything out on our own, and. Uh, there was no classes. Uh, I was never taught in my nurse practitioner's uh, schooling how to start a business. There, it, it really was kind of figuring out all the state and federal regulations. It was figuring out, okay, what's the right order to do things? Um, because if you, can't, if, you, if you don't have one thing done, you can't move on to the next. And so uh, uh, the other piece is, I wish I had some mentors that could help me but I didn't. But now that I know what I know, I will sit down and I will have conversations with nurse practitioners throughout the country. And I've, I have and talked about uh, what I've done to start a business, what they need to think about when they start their business. And so I want to make sure that I give back so that other people don't have to go through the stuff that my husband and I went through as we work to start this business. That's awesome. And I, I'm sure um, if it's okay, people would be uh, love to have your contact information to reach out. Of course. If they did have questions. And I would be remiss if I did not just spend a moment to acknowledge the fact that you live in the birthplace of this podcast. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Mom and I were in Honolulu on the top of a building by the pool and we were just talking about our experiences and you know one thing led to another and here we are but um oh. hawaii is kind of like our uh, our place isn't it really I love it. 
I mean, Hawaii has always been my happy place. I tell people all the time, you know, people talk about exotic adventures, you know, you know, maybe like Indonesia or, you know, wherever the case may be. And I'm like, uh, like my, my happy place is Hawaii. Like I I've always said, when I get off the plane, I take a deep breath. I just like, you just just automatically feel like you're, you're on Hawaiian time and it's, and the stress just sort of goes a little bit down, which I love. Yeah. You know, as I was sharing with Bradley before, I've, I've had the opportunity to go to Hawaii quite a few times, uh, yeah. usually on the dime of the person that, that I'm working for, which has always yeah. been wonderful, too. <laughs> so, That's a very good way to come to Hawaii. Yeah. I also have to say, Brad, Bradley, that I'm uh, we share something else in common, although I think I graduated one year before you started. I did my master's at NAU as well. Oh, great. Yep. So we're lumberjacks. Go lumberjacks. <laughs> I don't have that. I I have the sun devil. So Arizona, I do uh, have in common, but we should, we would be, we would also be remiss if we didn't say that the beauty of Hawaii, for those of you who haven't gone, or if you're from there, is not just about the location. It is, uh, and the beauty that you see physically. It is, it is a, a feeling that you get from the locals and just being there as well. It's just a beautiful culture and I uh, love it. And also I taught there the US uh, at USC, they paid for me to fly out and teach their doctoral uh, students once a semester. And the students that I've had, I had there were just amazing, but anyway, okay. Major digression. Everybody listening just wants to go to Hawaii right now. <laughs> and I'm fine with it. Cause I do too. In fact, we bought a timeshare there. I could keep going. Couldn't I really, I could. Yes. <laughs> like, we've, 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 we've digressed into a, a commercial for Hawaii. Yes. Um, it's not a travel podcast, but um, <laughs> yes, back to business. Bradley, could you, um, what, what's your key advice for folks like thinking of you back in your hall director days when you're like the politics here sucks. Mm-hmm. I want to do something different. What's your, you know, if you were to come up with like a sentence or two of your key advice, what, what would you give? Honestly, don't be afraid to retool. Don't be afraid to go back to school um, and, and figure out, you know, where where your potential passion lies. Uh, again, I'll say it again. Don't be afraid to retool. That's what I did. Um, you know, at by the time I left my job, I was making like maybe one hundred and four. Or sorry, sorry, not a hundred. Oh my god, maybe forty five thousand dollars. And in Hawaii, that's like nothing. Okay, I can confidently say that I am uh, probably five to six times uh, more than that now. Um, and my family's able to survive and I'm, I love what I do. I love what I do. And I'm so grateful that in 2010, I decided to retool. That's great. I love that. And, and, um, not to steal language from Madonna, but reinventing yourself is always a good thing. So I, I love that. So, um, uh, Bradley, for more than one reason, I'm really glad that we had the opportunity to talk with you. Um, you know, your experience, your journey is, is for lack of a better term, is really cool. Uh, and and I loved hearing about it. And I, I think Jamie and I both, you know, we, we do these interviews quite a bit. And uh, the folks who have sort of these, these unique and fun backgrounds are the ones that like, you know, get me really excited to do this podcast and to share that with our listeners. So thank you very much for joining us. It's, it's been truly a pleasure. The other reason we got to a little have a little bit of, you know, digression into Hawaii, which is always fun because it makes me 
it, it makes me realize as I sit here in the Pacific Northwest looking at a gray sky, I think, oh, there's other places out in the world. So there are, there are, <laughs> and it's beautiful today. <laughs> I mean, is there ever a day that it's not beautiful? Um, I mean, you know, I know when that it, it rains, it's lovely. I know. That's the thing. I remember uh, a time, you know, driving around with an open top Jeep and it was raining and I was like, this is still wonderful. So I think we're just a little bit jealous of, of, of where you live. So again, thank you so much for joining us. For everybody that's listening out there, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Pivoting Out of EDU podcast. We look forward to having you back next week. Thank you for listening to Pivoting Out of EDU. For show notes and more information about the podcast and our consultation services, visit pivotingoutofedu.com. 